0: The numbers told the story, they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa. That's one of those idiots
2: who believe in analytics.
3: Good Wednesday morning to you. it is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo Sling, Game Plus, iHeart Radio, YouTube TV. Packed show today. Jeff Parlay here as well. How you doing, Jeff? Are you good? Yeah. I'm good.
4: I'm not the uh, I'm far from the star today. We got plenty of stars on this show.
3: Oh, as opposed to the other days where you are the star. Well, no. Oh, I no. didn't understand. What I'm, that just throwing, I'm just, well, try, I just throwing that out there. I don't know there. where you're going with that. Um, Michael, <laughs> uh, my, <laughs> just, Jeff said before the show, he goes, my brain's not really here today. Michael Lombardi will join us, hour number two. We look forward to that. Brent Musburger as well. Maybe I should have said Brent's name first. Brent Musburger, the legendary Brent Musburger, who was on the call for the Raiders' dramatic win over the Chargers this past Sunday night. Brent will be here. We'll talk to him about that game, how that was calling that, how he feels about the wild card weekend, what he's betting, what bets he has. We'll also talk to Michael Lombardi about that very thing as well. Want to ask him all kinds of football questions. Jason Weingarten will join us, hour number two. Hour number two doesn't get better than that. Weingarten, Musburger, and Lombardi. Weingarten will talk, among other things, about his – his parlay bet where he had the Jaguars on the money line parlayed with the tie of that Chargers-Raiders game. What that would have paid, how bitter he was about it at the end, how he saw the last part of that. And maybe we'll get into uh, the uh, controversy swirling around Draymond Green with Jason as well. Get his take on that. I have some thoughts as well. Matty Cox to talk college basketball. Um, you and I will do, yesterday we did our power rankings. Today we will do our power we will super we will power rank Super Bowl bets. How about that? So the the Super Bowl market to win it all in the NFL, Jeff and I will power rank our three favorite bets at this very moment. And Jeffrey Partley, the return today of tennis picks. Tennis picks coming up both in Sydney and Adelaide in Australia. Have you been following the Novak Djokovic controversy by the way for the Australian Open? I have. It's just for those of us who have tickets on this, and we we again not making any political comments. But for those of us who have tickets in the outright market on the men's side, which I do on Sasha's Verovit plus six fifty, it is riveting television. It is just international intrigue. We'll get to that as well. But first, ladies and gentlemen, he's got his own podcast called the Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You podcast. Works for Sirius XM and of course Fox uh, as well. Ladies and gentlemen, former offensive lineman Jeff Schwartz, how you doing, Jeff?
2: I am good I'm glad I'm glad uh, we're, we're here to talk some tennis. Yeah this weekend. What, what's what's happening in tennis? I'm uh big the tennis fan here.
3: The Australian Open, the first major of the year begins on Sunday night stateside here. Ooh, nice. Yeah. And so,
2: okay, all right, a little football right into the tennis. I like it.
3: Oh, uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's an absolutely beautiful thing. Um so we look forward to that. Are, do you bet tennis at all? No. Uh,
2: during the pandemic, our mutual friend would send me his tennis picks if I remembered to put them in on time on my my, uh, I do not live in a state that allows wagering. So, if I remember to put them in on time, I would do it. But that's so one time I I stooped to that was during the pandemic when there was nothing on but like random tennis and stooped soccer matches to and that. table tennis. And let me stuff.
3: just let me just tell you right now, yeah. Jeff Schwartz, it's the greatest sport to bet on earth. Thank you very much. Greatest tennis? Sport. Yes. Period. End of story. Well, yes. Why? Because it is it is quantifiable. And it is, it is, in my humble opinion, as as those who listen to this show know, quite beatable. That is why, and that's why. Like for years, oh, I for years I loved baseball more than anything. Now I don't as a, as a sport to bet because it was a uh, individual sport disguised as a team sport. It's all it's a whole other conversation, Jeff. We can get into it another time. I just want to ask you about okay. some, some football stuff though. First of all, one um, going back to that uh, going back to the Chargers Raiders on Sunday night. Where did you stand on the whole Brandon Staley move or or uh, or timeout specifically there at the end?
2: I'm of the opinion, as was my brother, Damian Woody, Rich Ornberger. So that's four former offensive linemen in the NFL now. Sam Schwartzstein, who played at Stanford, who works for the actually Woodward XFL, and he's he's a former offensive lineman as well. Went to Stanford. We are five of us are of the opinion, and I I'm with. I'm just kind of one of those things where like. Kind of had to play to fill out. I think the Raiders. were gonna give up some line screens on third and four. We're gonna run inside zone from shotgun, and whatever happened happened. If they got tackled for two yard loss, all right, guys, we did enough. Tie game. All right, we're we're both in the playoffs. If they got three yards, maybe we kick a field goal. Maybe we don't. I and the Raiders were totally okay. with playing for a tie. We're totally okay with running the same exact play that ran the play before. And we're just like, you know what? And just kind of like the vibe, right? They weren't rushing the line of scrimmage. The offensive linemen didn't look like they kind of like were hustling as much as they had in other plays. And like, you just kind of look like the vibe of like, well, we're all going to make it. Let's be happy, right? We've made the playoffs. Chargers called timeout. This reminds me of, of the 2014 Super Bowl, right? Where Belichick did not call timeout. And it yes. kind of messed up what Pete Carroll was going to do, right? Kind of like threw it. He's like, oh, And I think that, when, when, when Staley called timeout, the Raiders went to the sidelines and were like, you know what, let's change the play. Let's actually try to run the football because the, the, play, you know, the, the formation they were in beforehand was the same exact formation as second down. They were going to run the football, the same exact play. They get back in the huddle, and they run a different play, shift, motion Now The Chargers hadn't had an opportunity to make a play. They just didn't. I mean, it was a good run. But kind of the mindset, I think, changed of what the Raiders were going to do because of that timeout. Not why the Chargers lost the game. Many other reasons why, but I kind of think should let it play out and see what happened.
3: I I agree with that take one thousand percent. Like I just I don't think you can draw the line from him calling the timeout to a loss. I think we have no idea what would have happened otherwise. But I do think by calling the timeout, he sort of polluted the universe in this abstract way that we can't really put our finger on. So I think, I think that I, I'm with that 100%. And in the end, the Chargers had way bigger problems than that one uh, decision. Let me ask you about all these, these six games this uh, weekend. We're going to have to do these rapid fire. 30 seconds on each. First, the Raiders, the aforementioned Raiders at the Bengals. Bengals favored by six the first game on Saturday. Did you make a play here?
2: I already took the Raiders plus six. Um, I, I they just There's something about them. Like, they just do enough, right? And... I'm not quite on the Bengals still. I mean, I get it that the Chiefs, like, I look at that Chiefs game. i see the Chiefs defense, they just did some really stupid things. Like, it just, it was, it was bad. So, I, I think the Raiders are playing good football. They won four in a row. They beat Indianapolis, beat the Chargers. And they pretty much controlled that game. Six points is a lot. You know, I, and Carr has been in the playoffs. Well, I guess he hasn't himself been in the playoffs. But he's had good teams and gone a team to the playoffs in the past. Bengals really haven't been their home game. Plus six, I'll take six points. That's a lot in playoff game. Yeah,
3: by the way, it's five and a half. We're showing now, I even see a five or uh, five or two out there. Five in some spots now in favor of the Bengals. Raiders on short rest. Bengals with Joe Burrow getting extra rest. That's the scene on Saturday, early game. Late game Saturday, Patriots of the Bills. Third time these two teams are playing. They obviously split their first two. This was four and a half. It's now four in favor of the Bills. Totals at 44.
2: Yeah, I don't bet against Bill Belichick in the playoffs. Sorry. Um, I'll take the four points with New England. Look, the game will be somewhere in the middle of the, the previous two games. Right, the temperature about zero degrees, but not going to be as a weather. The weather won't be a factor, but, but you know, the second game the Bills won. Josh Allen was out of his mind. I mean, he made some incredible throws in that game. Right, if one or two of those throws just aren't as accurate, then the whole game is different. So, I think this game is down to the wire. I'll take the four points in the Patriots.
3: All right, what do we do with Tampa Bay and Philly on Sunday? It's eight and a half now in favor of the Bucks.
2: Yeah, I wish I would have taken this at like seven when it opened. Um, I think Tampa wins this game pretty handily. Uh, The Eagles haven't beat a playoff team all season. And I know the Tampa is missing some players. And I don't know if Fournette's going to play this weekend or not. We obviously know they're missing Godwin and and Antonio Brown. But, I mean, this is what Tom Brady lives for, right? This team has been here before. They're at home. They've actually played really well at home. And they've covered six of the last seven at home. And that one was the Saints game. And they're not playing the Saints, obviously. They just can't beat the Saints for whatever reason. Um, I think Philly is happy to be there. They're, they're going to play hard, but I think this game is is a blowout for Tampa.
3: Blowout for Tampa, okay. San Francisco, Dallas, yeah. may be the game that most people are looking most forward to from a fans' perspective. What about a betting perspective? Three points.
2: Yeah, I mean everyone's going to take the Niners plus three. I don't. I don't really feel. I don't really feel a certain way in this game. I, the Niners, like, I mean, they have kind of one way to do things on offense, and it kind of worries me in the playoffs. We have one way to do things. Um, The Cowboys just can do multiple things, right? They can rush the pass. They can force turnovers. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. I I actually would probably lean Cowboys minus the three. Everyone's going to take the Niners. That's probably why, too. I mean, everyone's going to – this is the upset of the weekend. Niners going to go win. Uh, I've been hiring Dallas all year. I I would probably take Dallas minus three.
3: Yeah, and if they can figure out a way to stop Debo, that would go a long way towards that for sure. Kansas City is 13-point favorites over Pittsburgh. That's too many points, isn't it?
2: Uh yeah, it's too, it's too many, but I I I would look at like it's too early for this, but what is Big Ben's throwing prop? Like, what, I mean, what is <laughs> passing yards prop? I would just yeah. take the under for Big Ben, and it's funny. Last week it was two twenty, it was two twenty five at Fox Bet, and we did our show, our gambling show, and we we all joked about like, wow, that's an awfully low number. And I think with overtime, he got like two twenty seven. Like, he just, it, it, he just, they're not going to throw the ball down the field. It's not what they do. I would look for, for just to take the Big Ben passing yardage under.
3: I still don't know how that fourth down pass in overtime got to Ray Ray McLeod. I thought that was going to land I, two I yards. Objected, but
2: yeah. I, I've never seen a ball, like, I, I, I compared it to Jamie Moyer. Like, I've never seen a <laughs> guy, I mean, he's, like, I guess Calais Campbell was, like, in his face, so he sort of, like, double clutched it. That's what I was told. But, like, I'm watching, it's, like, he's wide open. Just throw it to his chest, man. It's amazing. Like, he can't, he just, can't throw the ball, and they're in the playoffs. Though they're in the playoffs, like it's incredible. Justin Herbert's out and Pittsburgh's in.
3: It's incredible. Thirty seconds Monday night, Cardinals Rams. Rams favored by three and a half.
2: Just take the over interceptions for Matt Stafford. Just whatever that number is, just take it over. I just called Matt Goff. Like he just he's gonna throw two interceptions, and one of is gonna be an arm punt on third and twelve. Like <laughs> that's what I would wager. I would just wager uh, Stafford to throw two-and-a-half to three interceptions. We can't throw half interception. I would I wager over Stafford interceptions. How about that? Just
3: call them mad Goff, everybody. All right, so then all said yeah. and done, what's your favorite of all of those as we leave here?
2: Um, probably Raiders plus six, because I think the number, or well, at least the number I got, is much better than what it will close at.
3: Much better. You think, you think there will be no Cincinnati money surge, at least at the end. Jeff, appreciate it as always. Jeff Schwartz, everybody. That's the G-E-O-F-F Schwartz on Twitter. Thank you, Jeff.
2: Take care,
3: bud. Jeff Schwartz, everybody. Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you podcast, Fox, and, of course, Sirius as well. Coming back, more NFL numbers game. Visa, the sports betting network.
2: Gil Alexander on v the
0: Sports Betting
3: Network. The playoffs are here, and it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app. It won't take you about a few seconds And stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay. Uh, we get tweets at beating the book. Many of the tweets, not many, but a, but a smattering of tweets over the last few days have been about this Draymond Green controversy. Jeff, are you familiar with this? Uh, we touched on it briefly yesterday on the show, which was that, uh, and by the way, a uh, shout out to Eric Kachi who first made me aware of this, Uh, He said in his tweet, he said, ask Gil to help you, perhaps worth a shot if he puts it on air. This this was someone else was talking about it, and he he sent it to me. And we have on this show over the years— I hope, you know, we've we've sort of built the street cred that we have had no compunction whatsoever going after books when they're wrong, but not haphazardly, only when they're wrong on things. And so the, the Draymond Green controversy, basically, and forgive me if I don't know every detail because I was back in D.C., uh, obviously uh, my dad's funeral, so I got to this late. But to me, it's more interesting about the aftermath than it is about the, the actual event itself. So Draymond Green— Klay Thompson's first game back after 941 days this past Sunday night against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Draymond decided in the end, or the Warriors decided that Draymond—I uh, guess this was Draymond's idea—is like he's going to start, show of support for Clay, but then with his injury, he's just going to be pulled out of the game. And there was some conflicting reports before tip-off, back and forth and back and forth as to what was the deal. And anyway, in the end, there were Draymond Green props up at multiple sports books and. You know, some people bet the uh, the Draymond Green unders and stuff. What ended up happening, as far as I as best I can tell, is that most of the you'll correct me if I'm wrong here, Jeff, is that the the straight prop bets were, uh, in the case of DraftKings, the overs were all refunded on Draymond Green and the unders were paid out, which is all you can really ask on that. Now there were some other stuff going on same game parlays that were not in some spots I believe. I'm not sure what the details are on that exactly. What I want to get to is this broader notion because my, my stance on should books pay out the should books pay out bets, my stance is yes. If if Draymond Green played at all, which he did, books should pay out bets. It's not really a controversy to me. Um, they should absolutely do that. The, you know, the tennis equivalent is some books have a a one set minimum, uh, minimum in tennis. If one set is played, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter what happens. Uh, books get paid. Maybe the more accurate analogy is a golfer who takes one swing of a golf club or two swings and is like, I'm done for the day. That's action. And so books can't have it both ways. Those bets should get paid. Um, what I'm more interested in is, is the reaction afterwards from some folks, which is, and this only applies to the people that exploited it to the hilt, who max bet it, who perhaps bet it multiple times. And the attitude of, of there's, a, there's a too cool for school crowd, primarily in gambling Twitter, that believes it is their birthright, that if you do that, you should not experience any consequences from that. And that's the part that always gets me. Now, for all these years, remember when we went after William Hill back in the day, Jeff? We had the NFL draft props, and we got everybody paid from this show. We were the ones who stepped out on a limb before anybody. This was before regulation, and we got everybody paid. Listen, even as we were doing that, what I kept saying to folks is that was an example of just them trying not to pay, just doing terrible things back in the day. But generally speaking, the folks who go around saying, yeah, I got banned from this book or I got banned from that book – Oftentimes you get banned because of your behavior, not because of your bottom line. And I'm not saying you don't have the right to feel that that's wrong. That's your right. But what I am saying is it's incumbent upon you to know the business models of said books. So, and by the way, William Hill has changed over the years. Now they're under new management. They're not the same as they were back then. It's a little little bit different now. But generally speaking, you had to know that that shop would ban you If you took full advantage of certain errors, of certain loopholes, whatever it was, you couldn't be mad about the consequence of your action, at least from my standpoint, because, listen, your feelings are your feelings. You have a right to your feelings. But what I'm saying is it it suspends reality. You have to live in reality. So let me just give you an example. Offshore, I know. let's, Let's take an example from back in the day. Offshore, the reputable ones, not the unscrupulous offshores. But the reputable offshores, there was like a Richard Sherman. Where would Richard Sherman's next team be when he was a free agent, when he was a sought-after free agent after the Legion of Boom days? And we got the information that he'd be with the San Francisco 49ers before the book was able to pull it down. And you could pound that time and time and time again. You could win thousands of dollars. And the offshores, they don't, they don't hold that against you. That's their business model, the scrupulous ones, not the unscrupulous ones, the ones that are, are the, the big pillars that you know of. It's like, okay, hey, you got us, you got us, no harm, no foul, we move on. That's their, that's their brand. But it's not the brand of every legalized sportsbook who has to answer to owners and answer to stockholders and all that. And so you can be upset about it if you get banned or limited afterwards, but it's kind of on you that you behave the way you behave if you did. Now, by the way, if you only made one little small bet and you're a negative EV better and they banned you or limited you— you you're right that's wrong there's, there's no reason for that but if you kept repeatedly taking shots or maxed it out yeah i you, you kind of you kind of have to you kind of have to expect that behavior and it's too cool for school attitude of certain a certain subsection of betters that thinks no it's their god-given right to be able to do whatever they want all the time and exploit it's just not. It's not the way the world works. It's like Jeff. Jeff, you like a big mortadella sandwich at a deli, right? Let's try to think of an analogy. And you go, Jeff's looking at me like, "Where? Why are you bringing me into this, Gil? Why? Why is this happening?" So if you go, if you go and you like, okay, is one thing you can buy a sandwich at a counter, but then there's like cold cuts at another side where you can do it, mix, mix and match yourself, right? And you figure out a way where if you put extra mortadella on the sandwich, I love mortadella, just chose that one for you know, in particular, you figure out a way where you can just pack your sandwich with all kinds of mortadella and all the different cold cuts, and you can still get the, you know, a, it, it, somehow you're exploiting the system where you don't have to um, pay the bigger price, let's say, they're not going to chase you. After you get away with it, the self, you know, whatever you you end up getting charged by putting a sticker on it yourself or whatever, they're not going to chase you out of the building and ask for the sandwich back, right? Like they should let you have that sandwich. But if you come back in after having done it ten different times, they it's it's probably not the worst. It's probably an expected behavior for them to say after the tenth time, hey, you know what? We're not we're not selling you a sandwich anymore, or you have to or you have to buy it here at the counter. It's just that's a terrible analogy, but that's about as close as I can get to it with it. That's it's it's just it's just a suspension of reality for betters to think that, again, it is their guy. And if you're by the way, if you're if you're counter to that as well, they should have someone that's their fault for making a mistake. Yes. In the Draymond Green case, it is their fault. Let's use that word for not having the information before you. And that's why they should absolutely pay your bet out. That part I agree with. But again, this ain't. Not every book is, is created the same. And so an offshore that behaves one way is not the same as a William Hill back in the day, is not the same as a unscrupulous offshore, is not the same as a big stockholder uh, or a rather public-traded company. So you just have to know that part. I'm just fascinated in conclusion. I'm fascinated by the reaction of a certain subsection, subsection of bettors who thinks they should be able to get away with anything. It's just not how the world works. Does that make sense, Jeff? I don't know if it, some people are not going to agree with that. We'll, I would love to have had Crack's opinion on it tomorrow. He's not going to be with us. But we'll ask Jason Weingarten about it top of the next hour because perhaps he will have an opinion that will differ from mine. We'll do that. You want to do some tennis picks? Let's do some tennis picks. So Australian Open begins on Sunday. They're playing preliminary tournaments tournaments down under, both in Adelaide and in Sydney. And last night on primetime action, gave out my first tennis pick of the calendar year. It was on tenasi Kokonakis uh, over John Isner. That cashed. He won it in three sets. Both were uh, tiebreakers. We knew fading Isner is always a, uh, a tricky proposition, but I like the price on Kokonakis, and it got home. So, and we'll get to the uh, Novak Djokovic controversy in a bit, but we're dipping our toes in the water here for the first time on the lead-up to the Australian Open today, I have three plays, two on the men's side, one on the ladies' side, two different men's tournaments, one on the ladies' tournaments. Here's the deal, though, on this. For the numbers game listeners, when we get to the Australian Open next week, too, there are only going to be partial lines posted by the time this show airs each morning. The primetime action crew is going to have, I think, additional picks at night because more lines will have been posted by that. But as long as you're okay with whatever we got this morning or whatever we got any morning next week, Here's what it is. Uh, That's just with the time zone issues. So at Adelaide, Adelaide on the uh, men's side, Adelaide International 2, Alexander Vukic at plus 161 over Tanasi Kokonakis, who we backed yesterday against Isner. So we are fading Kokonakis this morning and going with Vukic. Plus 161 was the price I got. His numbers indicate that to be a very good play. Also at Adelaide, but on the women's side, another dog, Madison Brangle, plus 117 over Allison Risk. That is a play on a player who has not a great serve, but elite return of serve. So Madison Brangle at plus 117 on the ladies' side at Adelaide. And then at Sydney, Brandon Nakashima minus 139 over another hard-serving American, Riley Opelka. We're taking Nakashima at minus 139. So Vukic plus 161, Brangle plus 117, Nakashima minus 139, your tennis picks from down under. We will power rank Super Bowl bets next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
2: The
0: Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Veasan has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. It's our all-new Big Game, Big Dance special, providing Veasan Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only sixty-nine dollars. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, twenty-four-seven video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to Veasan.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit Veasan.com/slash/big deal. To sign up today, Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay. Best part of that uh, whole uh, segment, uh, last segment was Parlay's reaction on the uh, break, where he goes, "Where'd you get mortadella from?" <laughs> that, was your, that was your big takeaway. It's a very pompous baloney, is what mortadella is, Jeff. A, oh, I, I, I know fabulous, what it is. I know what it is. I just I can't remember the last time I had it. Maybe I like mortadella, man. Let's 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 power rank some stuff here. Let's power rank some Super Bowl bets. Usually we just power rank teams. Uh, on a week-to-week basis in the National Football League. But on primetime action, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, and I have have, uh, started to do this with certain markets. And here before the postseason, what I wanted to get into was, because we rarely talk about to win the Super Bowl, it seems like... We're too cool for school to talk about it. Well, we're not. And so we want to talk about the, uh, the Super Bowl betting market. But specifically, if you were landing on the NFL season, if you dropped out of space right now onto the NFL market and you're like, okay, I want to make a Super Bowl bet. Maybe you didn't have to drop out of space. Maybe you just want to make one now. What's the best bet on the board in the to-win-it-all market? And uh, we had very different answers here, Jeff, on primetime action um, I want to I wanna remember what, uh, what the favorite bet was of Matt and Kelly. Maybe it'll come to me. But here are my 3-2-1. Uh, the third best bet to me on the board to win it all is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 8-1. to one. Uh, The reason I feel that way is that the Buccaneers are the second seed in the NFC. They are facing two home games, at least, if they can uh, win this weekend. They will get a second home game in the divisional round. And still 44-year-old Tom Brady is there at the helm. Yes, I know they have some injuries, the Chris cod the Chris Godwin one being the biggest of the bunch. But at eight to one, eight to one still a pretty juicy price. By the way, we're not talking about like the actual on my number two here, I'm gonna say it's the Packers who are the number one seed in the NFC you will be disappointed perhaps by the lack of sexy nature of some of these picks. If you're looking for Pittsburgh at 90 to one or Philadelphia at 60 to one, I just do not feel like those are good bets. The Packers at plus 380, the shortest shot on the board to me is the second-best-value Super Bowl bet on the board in that market. They are the number one seed, obviously, in the NFC. They don't have to play this weekend. By the way, that's the biggest single advantage. I just want to drive this home once again because it seems to get lost on people. The biggest advantage is not having to play this week, period. It's such a huge advantage for both the Packers and the Titans. The Packers are number two at plus 380. I also think Lambeau, with the exception of the Niners, I don't know that there's a team in the NFC that is built to beat the Packers. I think most of those teams are in the AFC, like the Titans, like the in, like the uh, Indianapolis Colts, and like the Cleveland Browns, may those two teams rest in peace for the year, uh, who are very run heavy. I don't know that there's a team in the NFC that can keep Aaron Rodgers off the field enough to go into Lambeau and beat the Packers. The Packers are plus 380. Now, this is to win it all, understood, uh, to win the whole dealio after the Super Bowl. Uh, to not only win the two games in conference, but also to win the Super Bowl itself. But I still think the Packers at plus 380 is the second best Super Bowl bet on the board. To me, though, the number one Super Bowl bet currently, and I, I defend this in a way that I can't believe anyone would pick anything different. We'll find out if Jeff did. Matt did. Kelly did. They didn't have the Titans at number one. But to me, the Titans at plus 850 is without question the best Super Bowl bet on the board, Because, again, they don't play this week, and they will have one and then another home game if they advance with their best player who they didn't have for nine weeks, Derrick Henry. They'll also have A.J. Brown, who was out four weeks, Julio Jones, so on and so forth. So the Titans at plus 850, I would argue, is not only the best Super Bowl value bet heading into a postseason at this very moment, but I could argue that it's the best Super Bowl value bet heading into any postseason ever – Given the fact that they're the only team in their conference with a bye, and you can still get them at plus eight fifty, like that just never ever happens, and the failure, in my humble opinion, of the markets to to under to fully assess the Tennessee Titans is, is the most spectacular is the most spectacular story of this Super Bowl season. It's the one that isn't talked about enough, in my humble opinion. Now, might the Titans crap out and lose? Of course. Anything could happen in a football game. But if you're asking me what's the best Super Bowl value bet right now at a team that has been chronically misassessed all year by analytics communities and non-analytics communities alike, Titans plus 850, best bet on the board for me. Jeffrey.
4: I'll go top to bottom because our number one and number two are the same. Oh, okay. Because you mentioned it, the most important factor – in all these, is that Tennessee and Green Bay have to win two games and everyone else has to win three. That makes, again, if, if we were on the old format and it was only the six, then I think Tennessee, would you argue that Tennessee may even be longer because then Kansas City would have a yes, bye? Yes, correct. Uh, so I, even, at, even uh, at a little bit of a lower number because there's seven instead of six now in the playoffs, Tennessee's still the best one. They have to win two home games with Derrick Henry on, on the field to make the Super Bowl.
3: And I will venture to say, and I have no way of proving this now, but for the rest of the decades that we will have seven teams from each conference making the postseason, where one team will get a buy and only one per conference, that we will never see a plus eight fifty on any of them ever again at this point. I
4: tend to agree with you on that. Again, who knows? We could end up with a, a very next year. A, a weird <laughs> year right. where you get an eleven and six team yeah. as a one seed. Which nearly happened this year in the AFC. Up uh, at Tennessee is number one. Green Bay is number two. Again, the weather, I, I, I'm going to say this, and this is part of the reason I put Kansas City on instead of Tampa as the third one. The weather report in Tampa really looks ugly on Sunday.
3: Yeah, we're It's going to
4: rain. You're going to have consistent 25 mile an hour winds. You're going to have big gusts of winds into the 50s. The way Tampa Bay plays offense, that is not the weather report you want going into a playoff game.
3: Yeah, let me just step in. This is from Rick Stroud, NFL Stroud. Um, Weather will be a factor Sunday versus the Eagles. Windy with rain early, remaining cloudy with showers in the afternoon. High of 72, but wind southwest at 20 to 30 miles per hour. Chance of rain, 70% rainfall near a quarter of an inch. Higher in gust possible. Eagles with the number one rushing team in the NFL, he adds.
4: Yeah, look, again, that's... Again, I don't think the Eagles are going to win. I don't even think the Eagles are going to cover. But that is a little bit of a, a little bit of a worry. And, look, the one thing, too, is if Dallas goes out to San Francisco, the Rams actually do match up well with Tampa. We've seen that now the last two years. So, Green Bay with home field. Plus, anything, honestly, north of plus 340 seems pretty good on Green Bay still. And then Kansas City comes in at number three for me. Because if Tennessee gets beat in their first playoff game, Kansas City is going to be a pretty reasonable favorite against anyone they would play because Buffalo would have been the second-round matchup
3: for them. So Tennessee 1, Green Bay 2, KC 3 for me. So what we did include, and by the way, let me just again repeat it. So not the sexiest. If you were looking for big, long-shot plays, especially in a year where most people would agree it's more of a toss-up than anything – that might be a surprise to folks that we still went with three very not chalky, but up at the top of the of the uh, market uh, picks. Let me just throw out a couple others just to get your comments on them, Jeff, because these came up yesterday just in conversation. Bengals sixteen to one, Cardinals twenty five to one. Did either of those or any other? What was your fourth, by the way? Cincinnati was number four
4: for me. Just because I'm, I, I know Jeff Schwartz likes the Raiders. I know others like the Raiders. I'm on the I'm in the camp of what Jurgen dinsick said yesterday of what could be a concern, even though he picked the Raiders getting the points. That because of the way that game worked out last week, emotional win, winning at the buzzer, making the playoffs in a year where they overcame so much that just making the playoffs might be good enough for that team. And it's I, it's hard to say a team will no show in the playoffs. But that feels like if a team's going to no-show in the playoffs, it would be the Raiders against Cincy. It's also a short
3: week for them after the emotional. it's tough. Burrow had rest. It's a tough spot. Another travel. It's the worst. By the way, and the Monday night, whoever wins the Monday night game this week, by the way, forced into a short rest situation next week.
4: Right. And and for for Cincinnati, I'm very curious to see what a Cincinnati-Tennessee game will be lined. I expect Tennessee to probably be, Two-point favorites? Yeah, I was going to say, not
3: by much they won't it
4: be. They will not be a big no. favorite. So,
3: Which is reflected in this number. That's why the course, market course, is what it and, is. And
4: it's just one of those where I still think you probably get more money on Cincinnati r- rolling it over. You're going to get more money rolling it over with most of these cases anyway. But at least that's one of those where, could I see Cincinnati go, losing to Tennessee or or Kansas
3: City? Absolutely.
4: So. That's part of the reason I ended up taking Cincinnati out of it. And and that defense
3: is still not 100% trustworthy. Matt and Kelly liked Arizona. I'm not sure if they had Arizona in their top three or their top four, but they liked Arizona at 25 I don't like that to at 1. All. What do you think is the worst single one? So let's take Pittsburgh at 90 to 1 and Philadelphia at 60 to 1 out of it. What's the worst other one?
4: Oh, man. Uh, I would actually argue, I would probably say the Rams. Rams, Because the be. Rams are shorter than Dallas, and I don't think that's right.
3: I don't want to say it out loud because the Bills fans come after me. But seven to one on the Bills, short, short, it's very too short. short to me. Too short. Sorry, Bills fans. I know I'm not picking on you. Rams are eight to one. By the way, courtesy of the Bet market. Here, though, we're showing like different numbers. Packers four to one. Chiefs five to one. Titans eight to one. Always shop around for those college basketball next. Matt Cox from Three Man Weave coming back. Numbers game. Visa. The Sports Betting Network.
2: Gil Alexander on v the
0: Sports Betting Network.
3: BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets. Regardless of your bet's outcome, just use bonus code vsin 200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn M-Life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and dining at any MGM resort. BetMGM, proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code vsin 200 to win $200 in free bets. If a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on, eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Twenty. 20- years of age or older to wager new customer offer all promotion subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in mississippi or nevada you see the uh, grizzlies warriors game last night jeff Grizzlies get it done Their second of three uh, against the warriors two of three victories uh, this year for the grizzlies and those head-to-heads and the grizzlies up their record since thanksgiving to twenty and five. Great game last night. Warriors stormed back in the third. Grizzlies got it done at the end. And Murant guy's pretty good. He's pretty good, isn't He's he? He's pretty good. Are we are we prepared to say that he is elite elite level NBA player already? Like oh, he is an I, upper I don't, echelon?
4: I don't think it's arguable. It's no. just a matter of how high do you how high on the list do you have him at this point.
3: Yeah. No, I agree. By the way, I'm gonna text Brent here, just to let him know. Uh, reminder. Let's see if I get. Okay. By the way, next hour, Jason Weingarten, we'll pull back the curtains a little on the show, Jason Weingarten at the top of next hour, Brent Musburger, voice of the Raiders will join us, and Michael Lombardi will uh, talk football with both of those guys. What a what a lineup that is for hour number two, uh, and what a lineup it has been here in hour number one with Matt Cox from, of course, Three Man Weave, 3MW underscore CBB. How hey, do you like that, Matt? I just put you in the same realm as uh, Brent Musburger and Michael Lombardi and Jason Weingarten.
5: Yeah, one is not like the others there, Gil. So <laughs> just happy to be on the undercard. Uh, hopefully people show up for this 5 p.m. matinee fight that I'll uh, I'll kick off here.
3: I mean, here's the deal, guys. Uh, Matt is wearing a baseball cap today because we sort of uh we sort of complimented him slash mm-hmm. maybe gave him a complex about his hair last night Couple on primetime action. A yeah. little bit of a twist on that. Looks, great, twist, yeah. Looks great. You getting Thank your, hair, you, you getting your haircut sure today? Getting Get your haircut later?
5: Yeah, I think uh, noon 30 central. So. Noon 30, yeah, baby. For me. Let me ask you about I handicap the, the card and then I'll, I'll go out and pray half the slate haircut and then do the second half of
3: tomorrow's card. That's my oh, okay. itinerary for today's, I like it. today's plan. Yeah, I like it. All right. Let me ask you about uh, yesterday. First of all, before we get to your picks today, which is to say, and I know you don't as a handicapper, and I remember this from base from handicapping baseball every day. I certainly don't care about records of, of players. I kind of do, but I kind of don't when it comes to uh, tennis. Um, So you're not really aware of rankings and what teams are undefeated. But last night, we had a back-to-back, the two remaining undefeateds go down. USC, first of all, loses in an empty arena at Stanford, uh, which I'm not sure anyone saw coming. And then uh, Baylor loses to Texas Tech. Now, this is on the heels of, well, not only on the heels, but also last night Kansas got a scare from Iowa State. It's on the heels of Duke having lost to Miami. Kind of a bad loss there too, dare I say. So I, I guess the question is with all of that, and you could talk about whichever specifically of those you think is the worst of them, but with all of that, is this just kind of the year macro statement about college basketball where there is no team or teams above the fray, or do you believe that there are?
5: No, I don't think there's any quote-unquote great, great teams this year. So you're bound to see some of these um, what look like bad efforts from the top, you know, the the top of the, the pecking order. But, you know, I think you're right. There's, you know, Gonzaga and Baylor. I think Duke has the talent to maybe get there. But right now, I don't – all three of these teams are not like Baylor or Gonzaga we saw last year. They're not like the Zion-Duke team. They're not like the Kentucky – Wisconsin uh, was it 2013, 2015. I always uh, mix up the years. Like I don't. There's no great teams this year, and it's also at a point in this season we were coming off Christmas break, beginning of conference play. Um, a lot of these teams that are giving scares to the top dogs are probably many of whom you know probably underachieved throughout non-conference play, and and they're going to be all in for these early games. I, I think you see sort of the separation start to extend later in conference play, but I think this is sort of a uh, a topsy-turvy part of the schedule where you have to expect a lot of volatility, a lot of variance. And it makes it hard to handicap. It really does. Um, especially when you have such different home court values, depending on where you are in, in the country. I think that plays into some of the spot uh, inconsistencies as well.
3: Are you finding it harder this year than in previous years or it's just sort of a, yeah, yeah you are for sure. Yes.
5: I think a couple of things the one is uh, current forms and really strong this year. I think teams that are really hot um, have, have, surged for longer than in years past teams that have just been dreadful have been in a tailspin for longer than years past there's been not a lot of like tight corrections in the market very subtly so it's been that's been hard for me home court's been a challenge too i think it just varies like i said across the country situational spots in some cases homes been like next to nothing but the sec big 10 big 12 to some degree they've been really really strong so it's been you know, game by game, with all the COVID stuff, too, that's just a third element of a randomness that you have to deal with. So, yeah, it's been a grind for sure. Just a lot of moving parts you got to take stock of.
3: Before we get to your picks, let me just ask you about a couple games where I'm not sure if you have a pick, but I'm just curious your thoughts about Duke. Duke plays at Winston-Salem tonight at Wake Forest. They are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Do you like Duke in a bounce-back here?
5: Yeah, I took Duke at five. Um, if you're looking to buy Duke as a bounce-back, I think you'd buy the hook here to, uh, to the solid five. That's a key number. Duke's just categorically more talented than Wake Forest, and I know Wake's been good, and Duke's been struggling at, at certain spots. The Miami effort was a disgusting display of defensive preparedness from Coach K. Um, he was awfully stubborn in how he defended Miami's action. Steve Forbes, another good coach who can find holes in that defense and exploit, but I think Duke motivated, engaged, uh, catching a much shorter number. I think they get it done here pretty pretty easily, and what should be an easy travel, right? Winston-Salem just down the road. A crowd should be good. But like I said, one of these situations where I'm not given like the full four point home uh, to wake.
3: It reminds me of my Lehigh story, which I probably told many times on the air. Wasn't Lehigh oh, who ups- yeah. upset Duke in the uh, in the tournament? Yeah. C.J. Cj McCollum. C.J. McCollum. And uh, Lehigh assistant coach was sitting next to me. I was doing baseball at the time on my computer. I was in the middle seat back in those days. And I remember he he was took interest in what I was doing and he introduced himself, said I'm Lehigh assistant coach. I was on the bench when we beat him. And his biggest thing was he goes, I couldn't believe, we couldn't believe that Coach K... Just refused to make any adjustments. Just refused. Like he, I guess he was, yep. and he used the word. He was maybe he's just too arrogant to think that, you know, he had to. uh Villanova Xavier might be the best uh, in terms of the marquee matchup tonight. Anything on this one? With uh Xavier, a slight tick of a favorite.
5: Yeah, I had Villanova in the first matchup. Uh, they extended late to cover. I think they were laying six on the close. So now Xavier's flipped to a short favorite, one point favorite at most books at home. Xavier's been maybe the best team at home in the entire country. So you have to give them all the respect and then a premium, I think, just for the spot that they're in front of their home crowds there at Stintas Center. I like Xavier at the opener when they were a dog, but now it's flipped. So I'm going to stay away. But I think this spot is, is juicy for the X-Men.
3: Yeah, not a not a great, uh, sexy night of college basketball matchups. That might be the best of the bunch. What did you end yep. up on here, Matt?
5: Uh, I got a few, actually, a couple of late night games for uh for the west coast crowd i'll start with nevada 754 um they're hosting boise similar spread situation as that xavier villanova game where opens at boise pick i think it got bet down to nevada minus one then back up so it's been bouncing around pick all morning um i think the Packers are just a good matchup here for boise a team i really like in general if there's a team i've been betting on consistently like boise and I find a good price to fave him. I usually feel confident in that kind of bet. Like, I know I have a good number on Boise. I know I'm not too low on them. It's a matchup I like. So I'm taking the pack here at home.
3: Okay. And then I, uh, little birdie told me that you have a uh, play in the St. John's game, I believe. I like the Johnnies.
5: Man, I think 11, it's too much against Connecticut, who I'm worried they can completely obliterate the Johnnies up front. Uh, they're fully healthy with Sonogo back But uh, the John's pressure is a lot, man. It bothered Connecticut a little bit last season. I watched that game pretty closely. And I think the Red Storm are just a little bit undervalued right now in the market. I think they're close to like 90 to 100th in Kempom and close to that range and the other analytic metrics. I see them more as like a top 70, top 60 type team. Again, conference game, home court should not be what it usually is on the road. So a lot pointing toward the Johnnies here. I like 11 or higher.
3: All right, and then uh, for my friends in the DMV over there, the District of Maryland and Virginia, if they can get away from name change radio if the Washington football team uh, come up for air, Maryland in action tonight at Northwestern. Wildcats about a six-point consensus favorite.
5: Yeah, it opened it like a fuel goal uh, or some, somewhere around there. They keep betting this game like it's over. So um, I'm worried I'm going to find out a little late COVID surprise with the lineup potentially. But even if like Maryland's down a starter or two, I think six is crazy. Uh, Northwestern's been taking money consistently the last three or four games. Um, they've actually played pretty well during that span, but they have not covered in conference play. It's a team that I think like DePaul, they overachieve in non-conference. They come back down to earth in conference play. And it's not like a home run spot for Northwestern. Maryland's lost three in a row themselves. So they'll be feisty. They'll be motivated. Um, I've been to Wall Shrine Arena, and I've seen what it looks like right now during the COVID era. There won't be many people there. Um, I think Maryland's a pretty live live dog here at six. Line's just gotten way too high.
3: I like it on the Terps. Okay, so Nevada, St. John's, and Maryland, those were the three? That's right. All right. Matt Cox, three-man weave, 3MW underscore CBB. And as we go out here, is there a – Again, to win it all, we're obviously way early here in January, but there's a, is there a sneaky team beyond the Gonzagas and Dukes of the world that we might look at?
5: I mentioned Michigan State last night. Uh, I'll stick with them, man. I think they're dangerous. Sparty okay. and Izzo in March.
3: Were they right around 30, 35 to 1, somewhere in that pocket, I believe? I
5: saw 40 last night, yeah. Okay. 40 or higher, I think, is a good price. All
3: right. Maddie. thank you, as always. Enjoy the haircut always, man. Matt Cox, part of the Three Man Weave Crew. Again, 3MW underscore CBB. Jason Weingarten from under a cloud of smoke. Next, we'll talk about his parlay from this past weekend.